0: There's some beautiful songs that uh, you selected today. Thank you for leading us to the cross of Christ. It's an unusual day for um, probably all of us, even for visitors. This is not a typical church service. Uh, you know, you, you typically don't go to a church uh, to find people leaving. Um, you know, you kind of want people to come in, into the church, not necessarily go out but it's uh, not always a a usual God that we serve. It's an unusual God. It's a God who is uh, at times um, unpredictable, who is at times um, just has a different view of what we think life should be like, and that's the kingdom of God. Uh, When Jesus comes onto the scene, he takes man's view of God's kingdom, and he kind of turns it upside down, and so Maybe that's a sort of a day that we find ourselves in here. Uh, a mentor told me before I got married, love not expressed is love not experienced. Love not expressed is love not experienced. And he was telling me that for the sake of, of my soon-to-be bride. said, you know, no matter how you feel on the inside, if you don't express it, she'll never experience it. Well, since, that I, since I'm a man, uh, I struggle with expressing... Uh, what's on the inside, uh, and so that's the situation I find myself in this morning. Uh, there's so many things that, uh, so many stories I can recount, and so many ways that I've been impacted and affected uh, by the group of Christians here at Crosspoint. Uh, I, I could spend hours uh, recounting that, and um, I'll write them down uh, sooner or later, and I'll share it with the, each of you the way that you have made an indelible uh, mark in my life and uh, Landon. I was also thinking about uh, this day, you know, uh, kind of uh, wrapping up a, a chapter in each of our lives uh, in ministry and certainly together here at CrossPoint uh, in in the fashion of pastor and musical worship leader. And uh, the email that I received was in December or January of either December 2006 or January 2007. It was a one-line email from Landon. Hey, dog, you know, in Landon's vernacular. Hey, dog, when are you going to quit playing and come over here? And uh, it had probably been a year, a year and a half since we had uh, been in touch with each other, just, you know, doing our our own thing and Hurricane Katrina kind of uh, disrupting things. And so I wrote back and said, Well, what are you thinking about? You know, Uh, and we got together, Acme Oyster House uh, in New Orleans. And, uh, you know, here we are four years later. And it is not what I expected, certainly uh, the way God would work. But today, I want us to. There are two points to the sermon: reflect on God's leadership, act on God's leadership. So, reflect on God's leadership and act on God's leadership. And what I'd like to do today is um, do a little history lesson for those of you who've been here from the beginning. This is going to be a reminder of you uh, to you of of what God has done, how He has led you to get to this point. And for those of you that are new to Crosspoint, it's going to be an education tool to educate you on how Crosspoint is where it is today and uh, just briefly how it got there. There's 15 years or so of history and history that goes way beyond that. But let's just reflect on how God has uh, led this congregation where it is today. I wanted to show a video from April 27th, 1997. Does anybody know what happened on that day? It was a Sunday. April 27th, 1997. It was the bubble dedication, or the building dedication, uh, for for Crosspoint. I was watching that video uh, the last couple of weeks. I found it in my office, uh, cleaning out, and I popped it in. I found a VCR, and I popped it in, and I uh, started watching it. It was the one in the fellowship hall. And I wanted to show clips of that video, but it was tough for me to edit. Uh, I no longer own a VCR. So uh, I was watching that and uh, seeing um, Mary Paul and seeing Casey uh, Thomas interpreting for Mary, uh, seeing uh, Mr. Zeke, listening to him do a testimony. And I think even, uh, I may have even seen Pat LeBlanc up there doing uh, a testimony. Um, Saw Gayden singing, a group of uh, four ladies, and saw, saw a bunch of you 15 years ago, a bunch of you. Sometimes having to pause it, so now, is that who I think it is? And it, it was great. Years ago, <clears throat> back in the 80s, a longtime church in Baton Rouge, Parkview Baptist Church, started a mission out in the country called South Airline Baptist Mission. Parkview sent a paid pastor and a paid secretary for one year to this mission. And then there were some people that came. This group of people, South Airline Baptist Mission, they were proclaiming the gospel here out in the country. They were being faithful to what God led them to do. In the words of Mr. Zeke Dunaway, we were the crew to hold it together until help arrived. Then in the mid-90s, help arrived in the form of another church called River City Baptist Church. After a few meetings, South Airline Baptist Mission and River City Baptist Church decided to dissolve their churches and form a new church. Now, South Airline had resources that River City didn't have, namely property, a place to meet. And River City had resources that South Airline didn't have, namely people. The new church was formed, and a contest was put out as to what it should be named. They decided that we're located at a crossroads, Airline and Highland, and we exist to point people to the cross. So guess what name they picked? Crosspoint. Crosspoint Baptist Church. And it's because of the those two groups of people coming together, they formed a third group. That's us. Those of us who've benefited from the risk that South Airline Mission and River City Baptist took. If you were part of South Airline Mission, would you please stand up if you're here this morning? Four, Mr. Zeke, Michael, five, Diane, James, Diane. And if you were part of, and, oh, and Miss Patsy, hey. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes, stand up. <laughs> if you were part of River City Baptist Church, not part of Cross Point, but River City, would you please stand up along with, with these? Okay, do you see how there are less of them? Than there are of us. But it's because of them. That the rest of us are here. You may be seated. God has used. These two groups of people. Along with a lot of money. From the Louisiana Baptist Convention. $100,000 they gave for us to purchase some, some property. God's used those two groups. To establish us. These brothers and sisters banded together. Nearly 15 years ago. They risk their reputation. They risk their legacy. They risk what their friends were going to say about them. They risked what their fellow church members at other places were going to say. They risked their finances, their time, their energy. And they risked it all to be obedient to what God was leading them to do. Today, by God's grace and his blessing, Crosspoint is a strong Christ-centered fellowship that many of us reap the benefits of. In those last 14, 15 years, many people have come in and out of Crosspoint. And today doesn't establish the historical marker for Crosspoint. It just establishes one more historical marker in the life of Crosspoint. We collectively have chosen to follow God's leadership. We've chosen to risk our resources. Little risk yields little reward. But when we act on God's mission, that produces the greatest reward we can even fathom. So reflecting on God's leadership. That brings us to the second point of this. I don't know if it's quite a sermon. We'll get into the sermon part now. Acting on God's leadership. Take your Bibles and meet me in the 25th chapter of Matthew. Matthew 25 And I know for uh, many of us, this will be a review because we studied Matthew in our Sunday school uh, classes recently. Matthew 25. With Crosspoint, think about the people who have acted on God's leadership that have even come through this congregation. We have uh, the Morse family here today is a representative. Steve Vedito, uh, Many others who've come. Uh, Mary Paul, who is now Mary Crosby. Pastor Ramon in Mexico, who we have a relationship with. Pastor George in Uganda, that we have a relationship with. The ways that they have acted on God's leadership have shaped us. Those of us from Crosspoint who've gone to Mexico, we've been influenced tremendously by Pastor Ramon. Uh, Michael Johns and I were talking recently, uh, one of the, there are two quips that Pastor Ramon has that he constantly talks about. He said, a lot of Christian leaders want to make meetings. They make meetings, I make trips to the mountains. They want to talk about doing the work of God, I am doing the work of God. Pastor Ramon says, secondly, we have enough thinkers. We don't need any more thinkers in the kingdom. We need doers. Not thinkers, doers. Pastor George recently, uh, he's with Bugiri Baptist Church. Incidentally, they have a website now. We're going to send that out. It's pretty incredible to see the roof. Uh, It looks really good, the roof that that we uh, put on their building there. Pastor George uh, recently sent me an email saying that they were starting a new church uh, about 10 or 15 miles away from Bugiri. They had an open-air preaching time where they just set up a tent, had some music. He preached. There were 75 people that met there the next Sunday from that village to start a church. So he was calling to tell me his praise report. He said, this is what's going on with our new church. How is yours? <laughs> I thought, well, you know, we're still working on a logo, you know, the important things. It was convicting. He is acting on God's leadership. Pastor Ramon, Pastor George, Mary, others who've gone from our midst. Let's see what Jesus has to say on acting on God's leadership. Beginning in verse 14, we'll read from 14 through 30. It's just like a man who went on a journey. He called his own servants or slaves, and he turned over his possessions to them. To one of his servants, he gave five talents. To another, he gave two. And to a third one, he gave one talent. He gave them each according to his own ability. Then the man went on a journey. Immediately, the man who received the five talents left, put that to work, and earned five more. In the same way, the man with two talents earned two more. But the man who had received one talent, he went off, He dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five talents approached. He presented five more and said, Master, you gave me five, and look, I've earned five more. His master said, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. Therefore, I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man with two talents approached. He said, Master, you gave me two talents. Look, I've earned two more. The Master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Share your master's joy. Then the man who had received one talent also approached, and he said, Master, I know you. You're a difficult man, reaping where you haven't sown and gathering where you haven't scattered seed. So I was afraid. I went off and hid your talent in the ground. Look, you have what is yours. But his master replied to him, "'You evil, lazy servant. "'If you knew that I reap where I haven't sown "'and gather where I haven't scattered, "'then you should have deposited my money with the bank. "'And when I returned, "'at least I would have received my money back with interest. "'Take the talent from this servant "'and give it to the one who has ten. "'For to everyone who has, more will be given.' And he will have more than enough. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And throw this good for nothing servant into the outer darkness. Throw him in that place where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is a pretty heavy story that Jesus shares. And it's in the context of Jesus talking about his return. And we're studying Revelation, so that may be on your mind as well. The return of Jesus. We don't know when, but we know he's coming. And in the context of Matthew, this story falls right in the middle of some other parables Jesus is saying. The whole point of this parable is be responsible, be faithful with what God has given to you. So let's draw some conclusions from this parable. First, uh, in verse 24, let's, let's look to see how this servant viewed his master. The one who received one talent approached and said, Master, I know you, you're a difficult man. Uh, in the original language, difficult can also mean merciless. So here his servant is saying, you're a merciless man, you're difficult. It's like if he were a farmer, he's saying, You're, you go to other people's field to harvest their crop. You go to places where you haven't planted seed, and you take what doesn't belong to you, you take it for yourself. Now, is this consistent with the way the master has acted with the other two servants? No. Some say that the master employs sarcasm in verse 26. The master's response, he says, you evil, lazy, a better word instead of lazy would be hesitant. You evil, hesitant worker, servant. If you knew that I'm a hard man, well, why didn't you just put it in the bank? The servant doesn't know who the master is. He's got a warped view of who the master is. And Jesus is expressing, speaking to us as if he is the master, like God is the master. He is going to be going away, and he's going to leave his people with, the word talent here is a monetary sum, but he's going to entrust his people with a gift, with with money, with talents, with something. The master is entrusting us, and he's leaving, but he's coming back. And when he returns, he wants to find his servants faithful. He wants his servants to know who he is and what he expects. So the first conclusion, recognize who the master is. How do we get to know Jesus? Through his word, through his spirit. This servant had a warped view of who his master was, and he paid for that warped view. Second, recognize That you've been gifted by God to serve his body. Pastor Landon did a great sermon series on gifts earlier this year. You've been gifted by God. I've been gifted by God. He has entrusted something to you to be used for his glory and for the good of others. Now here's the thing with what God has entrusted to you and to me. I don't really know what he's entrusted to you. Only you and God know what he's entrusted to you. Certainly, I can see evidence of how you're using your gifts, something through music or through teaching or through hospitality, so the other gifts that are mentioned in Scripture. But only you and God know what He has entrusted to you. You need to recognize that you've been gifted. I know there are some who have asked me. Um, why are you leaving music ministry? Well, I, I'm not really leaving music ministry. I, I want to continue to do music, but certainly not in the role that I have done. But the honest answer is you don't know how God, what God has entrusted to me. I know. I'm not going to be responsible to you, I won't have to answer to you. You are not my master. I'm going to have to answer to the master. There is coming a day when I will see my master face to face. You don't know if I'm the one-talent guy, the two-talent guy, the five-talent guy. And I don't know if you're the one-talent guy, the two-talent guy, the five-talent guy. I don't know. Be responsible and be faithful with what he has entrusted to you. Act on God's leadership. Think of the first martyr in Christianity, Stephen. What were we doing yesterday? We were celebrating the birth of the babe in the manger. That cuddly baby, that cute baby. Unto us, a child is born. Then the second half of that birth... (coughs) but the government will be upon his shoulders. What kind of baby is this? When Stephen is testifying, when Stephen is preaching the gospel, and he sees men take up rocks and begin to hurl rocks at him, when Stephen begins to have his body pummeled by rocks, where is the gentle baby in the manger? There's a song that really ministers to me, and one of the lines, it's a song written from the perspective of Peter. And one of the lines is, A carpenter told me where to fish. When Jesus told Peter, let down your nets over here, what's Jesus' occupation? He's a carpenter. What business does he have telling a fisherman where to let down his nets? What business does, does a mechanic have baking bread? This is the God whom we serve. We must recognize His ways are not our ways, nor His economy our economy. Recognize you've been gifted by God for His work. Recognize that you and God know how He's entrusted to you. The rest of us can see evidence of that gift, but only you know how He's entrusted you. You need to be faithful to him. Act on his leadership. Finally, prepare for his return as if it were today, but plan as if it will be tomorrow. The mentor who shared with me, love not expressed, is love not experienced, also said, plan as if Jesus is coming back. Uh, Prepare, prepare yourself as if Jesus is coming back today, but plan as if it will be 100 years from now. When the master entrusted his investments to his servants, all they knew is that he was going on a trip. They didn't know when he would be back. Two guys said, we're going to risk it for the glory of our master. He has taught us. We know who he is. We've seen him at work. We've seen his, his principles. We've seen God bless that. And that third servant didn't know who his master was, had a warped view of who his master was, and he buried the investment and did nothing with it. If you're a believer or not a believer, you have to ask the question for what purpose was I created? For what purpose was I created? And if you're a follower of Jesus, you have to say, I'm a fisherman, you're a carpenter, it doesn't make sense, but where you lead me, I will go. In the 40s, the late 1940s, early 1950s, a church named Grace Baptist Church identified a part of New Orleans. I uh, part of Baton Rouge, I'm sorry. East in the, the east of the suburbs of Baton Rouge identified two acres of land that they were going to purchase. They negotiated a price, sent out sixty people and a mission pastor and started what we know today as Goodwood Baptist Church. In the nineteen eighties, Parkview started South Airline Baptist Mission. River City came out of another church. God brings the two together to form Cross Point. Today Cross Point has the opportunity to do that which God has always been doing. Jefferson Baptist Church, a staple in our city, in the 1950s was formed from a partnership with First Baptist Church and the Baptist Association of Greater Baton Rouge. The Southern Baptist Convention in 1955 said, we want to plant 30,000 new churches in the next 10 years. Jefferson Baptist was the result of one of those 30,000 plants. We have joined a long line of people who have gone before us. This is nothing new in the kingdom of God, what we're doing today. Is it new for us? Yes. Are the emotions real for us? Yes. Is it bittersweet at times? Yes. But may the words of Jesus, may this parable, may this quasi-sermon, may God use it to teach us That we need to know our master, and we need to ask, what has he given to us? And we need to act on his leadership, so that he will say when he returns, or when he calls us home, well done, my good and faithful servant. Let's not be like the one who was irresponsible, but let's be like the two who were responsible. As Pastor Lannon said earlier, There are going to be some of the 60 who leave Crosspoint to go to Grace. There are going to be some who come back. They already know that. Uh, They're going over there for a specific task because they know how God has gifted them. And when their work is done there, they're coming back to their church. As we said in the proposal, this next year, everyone who's going to to Grace will remain a member of Crosspoint. Membership is not going to be transferred this year. That will occur the next year. Should God lead... Some who leave Cross Point to stay at Grace, let God do what He wants to do in the lives of His people. You let God do what He wants to do in your life. I'll let God do what He wants to do in my life. And together, as a faith family, we will accomplish what He has set out for His people to accomplish. Any questions, comments, suggestions, misrepresentations? Thank you, George. That's good. And the people we've already met. I was asking in a prayer time a few weeks ago. I was thinking about Paul when he was concerned in the city of Corinth. And God said, Paul, I have many people in this city. You're not the only guy I need here. Say, God, I know you've got people in Baton Rouge. I know you've got people in Mid-City. I received an email a couple of weeks ago from a guy. Hey, I'd, I saw the Twitter feed. I'd like more information on Grace Baptist Church. My wife and I live in the area. I wrote back, said, okay, want to get together for coffee? I said, yeah, I have no idea who this guy is. So we meet at uh, the local coffee shop there, Brew Ha <laughs> it's, it's good, it's good. Uh, his name is Stephen Mitchell. I said, well, Stephen, what's, what's your story? Who, who are you? What do you do? He's about my age. He said, well, I'm, I work uh, at BRCC, and Chris Fontenot and I had been praying for a way into BRCC. He said, I'm the director of public relations, and I'm the director of their performing arts center. I said, are you a believer? He said, yeah, my wife and I, were, we're both followers of Jesus. We're from Nashville. We've been involved with a church plant here in Baton Rouge the last couple of years and just not sure where God's going to take us, but we know he's leading us away from there. I so, said, well, there's a church, uh, you know, on Richland Avenue. I went to the local Y about half mile from Grace to, get s- to ask them if they would give us or sell us some of the uh, tumbling pads for our nursery. They're easy to clean and they're padded. The guy, when I walked in, there was a guy probably in his mid twenties. Introduced myself, and uh, he said, "You're a pastor." Well, they've called me. I said, we'll see. We'll find out uh, at the end of January. <laughs> you know, he's from Orlando. He was part of Campus Crusade at college in Florida. He's looking for a church where he can worship. He said it's tough in the mid city. I haven't found any place yet. So I've got a place for you. So you call me when you get back from Florida. So he'll call next week. Harry, across the street from the church. Uh, landscape contractor. And that's what the church needs. He says, for eight years I've been looking at these bushes. <laughs> can we do something about it? We sure can, Harry. God is putting people in place. And he's had them in place. And we are just one spoke in this giant wheel called the kingdom of God. All we need to do is be faithful with what God has entrusted to us. And he will do the rest. There are going to be many more reports to come uh, in the future. And uh, send that out on email, and, and thank you for those of you who have responded to be on the prayer list for Grace and to, be, uh, to join the work days at Grace. Uh, we're going to be hearing from you. Uh, I mean, You're going to be hearing from us. We're going to be sending emails, and uh, you'll, you'll definitely hear updates on this tremendous work of God. And it's just the guy in me, but I, I can't express to you how excited I am about what God is, is going to do. Even if there are only 40 people who stay at that church We work for the Master. We don't work for ourselves. We don't work for our name, our glory. We work for His name. Psalm 115 says, Not to us, O Lord, be the glory, but to your name be the glory. Thank you, those of you who are part of South Airline Mission, those of you who are part of River City. Thank you for humbling yourselves and not fighting over names and, and turf. Thank you for exemplifying humility and coming together to form a fellowship that points others to the cross. And now we'll have an opportunity to help a church in Mid-City Baton Rouge point others to the cross. Anybody else? Well, let's pray together. Stephanie, do we have a closing song prepared? Where's Stephanie? Okay, well, come on. Do the, uh, lead me to the cross again. Do, do that one. Would you pray with me and and during this song, would you intercede on behalf of everyone who is staying and everyone who is going and ask God to reveal to you what He has entrusted to you and how He wants to use your gift to accomplish His mission? There are going to be many opportunities here at Cross Point for volunteers to step up. If you've been looking for an opportunity to step up, now's the time. You can use the tear-off sheet to communicate to Pastor Landon and to the elders, David and Al, of how God is leading you. Father, you are such a good master. Thank you for calling us to be your children. Thank you for calling us to yourself through faith in your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for your work on the cross. You would pay the penalty for our sin. That you would take our sin upon your shoulders. And that you would give us your righteousness. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for adopting us as sons and daughters. God, I don't understand how you can be a good father, and good master, a A good counselor, a good refuge. God, it's inexhaustible to think of all the things you do for us, for your children. Thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the ability to reflect on how you have led us this far. Your grace has brought us this far, and your grace will bring us home. Thank you for the strength that you give us to act on your leadership. Jesus, be exalted as we sing this closing song to you. It's in your name that we sing, we pray, we live, we move, we have our being. And it's in your name that we want to follow and make a difference in this world and in this city. Amen. Stand together.